All right, today we're going to have fun. Is that okay? All right, so here's what I need. I need all our kids. Kids, why don't you come and sit right here? I need your help. I need kid help today. Nice. Excellent. Come on. Crowd up here. Crowd up here. Take a seat. Good job, Micah. Crowd in. Take a seat if you're comfortable. I got, are you guys ready to help me today? Hold on. Are you guys ready to help me today? All right. All right. So here's what I need. I'm going to sit right here. With the big kids, we have been talking about a book in the Bible called the Psalms. Do you know what Psalms means? It means song, right? So, all right. All right so tell me, what is a, do you guys have a favorite song? What's your favorite song? Love Story by Taylor Swift. Never heard of her. Never heard of her. All right, Mikey, you have a song? Wicked? All right. That's, I will uh, download that one right, right as soon as I get out of here. What is Wicked? Who sings it? Sorry, maybe I shouldn't go down this tangent, but. It was your dad's song, wasn't it? Like, he got you started. Oh, okay. Graham, I'm scared to ask you, but this is our children's minister's son, by the way. All right, Graham, what's your favorite song? I already know what it is. Do you want me to tell everyone what it is? All right. You remember? Who sings it? Say it again. Curse of the Fallen Sword. I don't know what that one is. I know what it is. It shook me all night long by. Yes, it is. I know what your prayers are. Oh, you change every week. So anyway, you have favorite song. Do you know that Jesus, when he was a little boy, he had favorite songs too. And they're in the Bible, in this book called the Psalms. Did you know that? In the middle of your Bible, you have a book full of songs. And so with the big kids, we've been talking about a different song, a different psalm each week. And today I need your help because this psalm, today's psalm, is a perfect psalm for sound effects. All right? So I'm going to need your help. We're going to stop. We're going to read the psalm together. Uh, everyone, it'll be on the screen, and the words in yellow, I'm going to ask you, and, I, and I'll stop, and I'll ask you to give me a perfect sound effect for that word, all right? Are you ready to do this? You know how to make a sound effect? Yeah. You, can you do this? All right, so whatever the word is, you're going to make that sound. What? I know how to play the piano. Awesome. Man, don't tell our worship team. We'll put you to work. All right, are you guys ready to read the psalm? All right, we're going to read it on the screen, and then the words in yellow, I'll ask you to make the, song, the, the <laughs> psalm effects. Psalm effects, yeah. Um, it says, let all that I am praise the Lord. O Lord, my God, how great you are. You are robed with honor and majesty. You are dressed in a robe of light. You stretch out the starry curtain of the heavens. You lay out the rafters of your home in the rain clouds. You make the clouds your chariot. You ride upon the wings of the winds. The winds, all right, so make a wind sound. The winds are your messengers. Flames of fire are your servants. You guys can take a seat. Lux, me, you all can sit right there. Okay, fine, come over here, sit over here. All right, let's go to the next slide. 
You place the world on its foundation so it would never be moved. You clothe the earth with floods of water. Can you make a water sound? Nice. Water that covered even the mountains, and at your command, the water fled. At the sound of your thunder, it hurried away. Mountains rose and valleys sank to the levels you decreed. Then you set a firm boundary for the seas so they would never again cover the earth. You make springs pour water into the ravines so streams gush down from the mountains. They provide water for all the animals and the wild donkeys. All right, can you make a wild donkey sound? What's a donkey? Nice. And the wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds nest beside the streams and sing among the branches of the trees. You send rain on the mountains from your heavenly home and you fill the earth with the fruit of your labor. You cause grass to grow from, for the livestock and plants for people to use. You allow them to produce food from the earth, wine to make them glad and olive oil to soothe their skin and bread to give them strength. The trees of the Lord are well cared for, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted there the birds make their nest and the storks make their homes and the cypresses. Here comes another one. Get ready. High in the mountains live the wild goats. Nice. All right, here's a really hard one. And the rocks form a refuge for the hyraxes. I don't know either. Let's keep going. <laughs> You made the moon to mark the seasons and the sun knows when to set. You send the darkness and it becomes a night, uh, it, and it becomes night when all the forest animals prowl about. Then the young lions. Nice. The young lions roar for their prey, stalking the food provided by God. At dawn, they slink back into their dens to rest. Then people go off to their work where they labor until evening. Oh, Lord, what a variety of things you have made. In wisdom, you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the ocean, vast and wide, teeming with life of every kind, both large and small. See the ship sailing along, and Leviathan. I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> it means uh, maybe sea monster. What would a sea monster make? <laughs> nice. I don't know either. Um, and the Leviathan, which you made to play in the sea. Let's keep going. They all depend on you to give them food as they need it. When you supply it, they gather it. You open your hand to feed them, and they are richly satisfied. But if you turn away from them, they panic. And when you take away their breath, do you know the sound of breath? What's the sound of breath? Nice. When you take away their breath, they die and turn again to dust. And when you give them your breath, life is created. And you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord continue forever. We're almost done. You guys are doing awesome. The Lord takes pleasure in all he has made. The earth trembles. What would that sound like? All right, maybe pat your hands on the ground real good. Yeah, the earth trembles at his glance. The mountains smoke. Okay, that's good. The mountains smoke at his touch. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will praise my God to my last breath. May all my thoughts be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let all sinners vanish from the face of the earth. Let the wicked disappear forever. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How do we, uh, let's get everybody help. How do we praise the Lord? Let's praise the Lord. Yeah, come on. Praise the Lord. Awesome.
Let's give a hand to our kids. You guys can go ahead and go with Miss Lauren. Yeah. So if you haven't already, you can open your Bible to Psalm 104. It will never be as good without sound effects, I'm just telling you. That's the way it works. We've been in a season of psalm, each week looking at some different psalms, and I was really excited to have the kids help me. The psalms, like I said, is, uh, is scripture put to music, uh, probably memorized by Jesus and sung by him from the time he was a little boy. The most quoted uh, scripture of Jesus comes to us from the psalms. And Psalm 104 is my new favorite this week. So each week as we dive into a new one, I have another new favorite. So most recently, Psalm 104 is my favorite. Um, And Psalm 104, as you heard, it's a little bit bit longer, but it is a creation song. It's a Genesis psalm. uh, We haven't done a teaching series on Genesis, uh, but uh, that's in the the queue. It's going to happen sometime along the way. It's really important for us to talk about how God created. And, and, And this psalm is in praise of that. On the first day of creation, God says, Let's, let there be light. And Psalm 104 says he's dressed in robe of light. On the third day of creation, he said, let the waters flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And in the Psalm 104, we see that he clothed the earth with water. And water covered the mountains and mountains rose and valleys sank. He, uh, he created a firm boundary for the seas in verse 7 of 104 of Psalm 104 says, water obeyed your command. It's almost as if God uses water as his paintbrush to create the earth. Water obeys him like a brush obeys an artist's touch. On the fourth day, he says, let lights appear in the sky. And Psalm 104 says that he stretched out the starry curtain of the heavens. He sets the world on his foundation. His home is in the rain clouds, and clouds are the chariots. He, he rides upon the wings of the wind. It says that the winds are his email. The winds are his messengers. Flames of fire, his servants. So he begins with these moments of creation, talking about the earth and the land and the heavens and the skies. And then he moves on. It's, like a, it's almost like he creates this blank canvas, but he can't leave it blank. He must fill it. And that reminded me of Jimmy Kimmel. Right? You get it. Um, he can't leave this blank creation because he must fill it with his creatures. And if I'm honest, Jimmy Kimmel has taught me a lot about creatures. Let me show you what I mean. Go ahead and roll that clip. So when you think of uh, Psalm 104, like uh, maybe some of you grew up uh, with a Carson show. Remember Jack Hanna, or like he would always bring animals on the Carson show. Like that, that same thing with Jimmy Fallon. Like uh, when I was a kid, I grew up with this awesome guy named the Crocodile Hunter. Do you guys ever remember him? That's actually the Crocodile Hunter's son, Robert. Like, the crocodile hunter was this lunatic. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, but like there's an alligator. Let's get on it. Uh, like, like, just nuts. But, but 
what was awesome about watching him was like, he was just like this contagious love for creatures, right? And Psalm 104 is, is a creation psalm, no doubt about it, but it is also a creature psalm. Like, uh, I, I wish maybe when you were in school, did the zoo ever come and bring animals, like, and you could, like, hold them or touch them? Like, that's what I wanted for today. Like, I called the zoo. I said, hey, I'm doing this, this teaching. Could you bring some creatures here? They're like, no, we're not. We don't trust you. We know you. Um, but, like, today's teaching, like, really, like, like, Psalm 104, like, if there was a setting for Psalm 104 to be read, it would be a, it would be a zoo or an aquarium. It's, it's a safari psalm. That's why, that's why I invited the kids up here and helped me. Like, this is the perfect bedtime psalm, isn't it? Like, like you know, it, it needs sound effects. It's just somehow more tangible and, and better that way because it talks about wild donkeys and birds and livestock and storks and hyraxes. I look, I look, I don't know. Anybody know what a hyrax is? Uh-oh. No, you don't. It's Josh. We know he did. We know it. All right, so here is a picture. Here is a picture of a hyrax right there. Okay, wild hamster the size of cats. You know, and so anyway, according to Wikipedia, the source of all knowledge, this, is, this, this creature, a hyrax, is in the manatee and elephant family. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Uh, and, and they make like a uh, they make like a honking sound. You can go uh, YouTube it yourself. Psalm 104 is filled with that. Wild goats, lions. Even even in the Psalm 104, uh, there's the thing uh, from lions to leviathans. A leviathan is this sea creature. We don't know what it is. Like you know, like but but apparently it's God's plaything. You know, like it's God's pet in the ocean. It talks about the oceans in verse 25 of this psalm. It says, here is the ocean, vast and wide, teeming with life of every kind, both large and small. Isn't, isn't that true? You know, there's 5,000 species of sponges on the ocean floor. Over 300,000 species of beetles. And I love verse 24 of the psalm. It says, oh, Lord, what a variety of things you have made. In your wisdom, you have made them all. The earth is full of your what? Creatures, including us. So he has this blank canvas from creation, and then he fills it with all these creatures. And then, but, but he doesn't just leave it that way. What's amazing about this psalm is that it also celebrates the order of God. Look at verses 19 and 20. In verse 19, it says, you made the moon to mark the seasons and the sun knows when to set. You sent the darkness and it becomes night when all the forest animals prowl about. It's, it's like uh, you, you cued the lions and the forest animals. You filled the earth with all of this creation and, and, and then you give it all of these cues. In verse 23, it says, the the, the cue is for you give people the cue to go off to their work where they labor until evening. Like the, there's, there's, uh, there is a regularness to creation, to what God has done. Like, like there is a rhythm to life. What a, uh, maybe, maybe we've never thought about it this way, but, but like nature really doesn't need us. You realize that? Like, like if something happened and all humans were died tomorrow, or we were off the face of the earth, nature would be like, hmm, right? Like how long before our cities would be 
completely consumed and everything, you know, every, what, what have we built that could stand up to nature? Nothing, like, and it, it just keeps going on. You know, maybe sometimes we get more in the way of nature than, than are, are participating with it, but that, I think that's, that's fascinating. It, it exists right beside us, but also despite of us. I think there's some comfort there in that. In, in a world that seems incredibly chaotic, nature is incredibly regular, right? There's nothing random or unplanned or unpurposed. It, the world is filled with creation, 300,000 species of beetles, and yet none of them are forgotten. There's an order to their life. I, like, I love the, the idea that that creation tells us something about God. If we look around, if we look at creatures and creation and nature, it tells us that God knows what he's doing. Right? So there's this blank canvas, and he creates, and he fills with his creatures, and he, but he also provides order to his creation. But then in verse 11 and following, you see that, that he doesn't just let things go, but he also provides for his creation. In verse 11, he says, there's, there's water for all the animals. In verse 12, he says, the trees and streams, uh, he provides for birds to nest. The, the cypresses are, are trees for the storks and the high rocky mountains for the wild goats and hyraxes. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock. They all depend on you to give them food as they need it. And when you supply it, they gather it. In verse 28, you open your hand to feed them, and they are richly satisfied. And it includes humans in this, too. It includes us. Like, we're, we get to be a part of this huge thing. Verse 14, it says, plants for people to use. You allow them to produce food from the earth. And then verse 15, I know some of you have this highlighted. It's your favorite verse. You, you give them wine to make them glad. <laughs> I think our joy group is going to a place called Arrington here pretty soon. Like, they're just following the Psalms. I don't know. Like, just tell you. Give them wine to make them glad. You give them olive oil to soothe their skin and bread to give them strength. Like it's wine, essential oils, and carbs. That's all you need, right? Like, like, <laughs> um, in maybe a more practical sense, you give us this day our daily bread, right? Like it's a great psalm of, of creation and order, but also a psalm of God's provision. I love what it says in verse 29 and verse 30. It says, but if you turn away from them, they panic. And when you take away their breath, that's, that's ruach. In Greek, it's pneuma. It's breath is this incredibly um, deep word filled with all kinds of meaning. What is the creative force in Genesis? And in, in the very beginning of your Bible, what did God create the heavens of the earth with? With his hands? Ah, with his breath, with his ruach. It's even the, the word Yahweh in the Old Testament is, this, is literally the sound of breath. And it says this is, this is part of God's pr- provision. Like sometimes he takes his, his breath away and we return again to the dust. But then when you give them your pneuma, your ruach, life is created and you renew the face of the earth. And I love that. So in, in this psalm, which I think is beautiful and my favorite this week, 
in light of everything God has done through through creation, uh, through uh, in, in the Psalms, like it, it's like the psalmist just kind of does one of these numbers, like like he just takes a, a moment and steps back and just like looks around, right? Like maybe you, have you had that moment of all of a sudden like you've been so like plugged into your schedule and your planner and your meetings and your email and your text and getting everything lined up and then you have this moment that hits you like a, like a, like a fresh breath and you're like, it just catches you off guard and you just take this moment. And, and in the Psalms, like that's exactly what happens. Like been so plugged into everything else and then all of a sudden he, he, he steps back and he looks at all of creation he looks at everything that God has created and ordered and provided for. And I love how he begins and ends this psalm. It's, it, I think it's the perfect expression. In verse 1 it says, let all that I am praise the Lord. Like in response to looking around and seeing everything and, and contemplating, what do you mean there's 300,000 species of beetles? Like the only response left out of us is, man, all, let, let all that I am Praise the Lord, how great you are. It's like this, this total commitment. When we, we have this moment to realize, man, my life, my part in this thing is about that big. So I don't want to get too pragmatic with the Psalms. I'm, I'm a little bit scared to give you a, like, okay, now one, two, three, um, but but I want to I want to attempt something, that that phrase, that all that I am praise the Lord. I, I want to I know I'm risking being a little pragmatic here, but I want to turn that into a how to. How do how do I let all that I am praise the Lord? How do I how do I praise the Lord with all that I am? And my, uh, my answer to that for you today, and kind of maybe the take home for you today, is to do the exact same things that God did. So how do you praise the Lord with all that you are? I think first and foremost, I think our job here as men and women of faith, the believers in God, is to create. Maybe it's to plant or bake or paint, or write, or build, or grow. Maybe some of you have been, as we've been reading the Psalms, I've challenged you to begin and end each day in the Psalms. I hope you're, hope you're taking that challenge to heart. Maybe you've felt compelled to write your own Psalm. Some of you are, are builders by nature. You are creators. That's, that's a part of who you are. And some of you have built businesses. Go and do it. Design buildings. Uh, uh, maybe write new music or, or learn how to code and, and build a new program. I think in creation is this act of imagination. So, so activate your imagination and let it go wild. Go to Home Depot without a plan and just buy a bunch of stuff and see what you can make. <laughs> I just gave you permission to go to Home Depot. Every wife in here just went, oh, Lord, he does that every day. Um, here's what I think. Here's what I think. When we create, we bring a little bit of heaven to earth. 
because I think we are imitating the creator. So how do you praise the Lord with all of you? Our step one, I think, I think we need to create. I think we need to create more. I think we need to activate our imagination more. So, so step one is to create. Step two is I want you to bring order, just like God did. He, he set time in place. He, he created the right times for everything. And uh, when I say order, this, uh, this is for all of you Excel spreadsheet people, Right? You know who you are. You just like things in its right bracket. You like things in its right place. And I'm going to express to you that, that there is at least, that can be a dark gift sometime. I'm t- don't go there. <laughs> but there, there is some part of your desire to bring order, to put things orderly that is like God. And so I want you to create, but I also want you to bring order. I, I want you to bring structure. And, and maybe that is to bring structure to a, to a business or a nonprofit. Use your gifts. Plug in. How can I help? How can I get you lined up? Show them how to use and organize. Uh, some of you are data experts, and, and it really makes you excited to take data and look at it and then plug it into, okay, this is how we use it in the future. God bless you, Right? Our world needs that, right? Maybe it would be as simple as uh, to, to create order. Maybe it would be as simple to help others establish goals. Um, spending in our world, in our nation, in our culture is way out of control. And so maybe the way you bring order is to help people make budgets. Is that not godly? I love that Aspen Grove. We've been able to do that with lots of families and help families kind of line things out. We think it honors God. Maybe help your neighbors make a budget or teach them how to save and how to spend. I think this, this order idea, this order part of this is, is essentially to improve upon. You know, if you're not an Excel spreadsheet, maybe it just means to, to prune your garden, or, or to clean something up. Maybe join others and go to a park and clean up the road. That creates order, right? Enhance beauty. Use your gifts to push back against the chaos and the disorder of our world. And if it's not right, so those of you who are pre-wired for order, you know when it's just not right. You know, it makes you feel uncomfortable. You can't just leave it there. Like when it's not right, don't just sit on the sidelines, but move in. Doesn't this psalm invite us to, to move into what's been created and restore, rebuild, refresh, restart, renew, regenerate? So I want you to create. I want you to order. Uh, and then thirdly, I want you to provide. I think fundamentally our job as men and women of faith, as Christians, our job is to bless, right? Like, I'm, what, are we, what are we doing if we're not blessing? So I don't, I don't know if that means a, a, a widow here in our church that you take a meal to or a, an orphan that you sponsor somewhere else around the world or, or providing clean water. But I want, I want you to somehow provide, take on this, this role of provider. Uh, one of the ways that I encourage you to do this is just simply to provide your presence. 
to give a gift of your Self. We begin each year at Aspen Grove, or at least for the past couple of years, with a, a hospitality challenge. It's one of my favorite characteristics of a leader. I think hospitality is so important to, to actually invite people into your home, right? That's a gift. It's a gift of your presence, Hebrews says, don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Have people in your home. Have a s'mores night. We did this last week. We just impromptu. We started the fire in the fire pit, and we invited a bunch of neighbors over. You know, it, it, was, it took nothing. We, it wasn't planned. We didn't send out a fancy email. You know, like, like it was nothing. And it was awesome. It was awesome to get to know your neighbors and it's in it's always been in those casual spaces of of just conversation it's making time for people becomes incredibly important again just being there inviting somebody out to lunch and I guarantee you it's in those spaces that you'll hear about the struggles they're having with their teenagers or the struggles they're having with their marriages or with their with their spouse the the struggle their addictions will begin to surface just because you are present right what an awesome opportunity you have to speak words of life and peace and encouragement into them. This morning with the teenagers, AC, the, uh, the, our newest member of Aspen Grove who's working with our teenagers. There she is. Raise your hand, AC. Yeah. Love that she's here and a member of Aspen Grove working with our teenagers, with it, but we, with the teens, we've been working through Romans chapter 12, verse by verse, and, and essentially uh, the verse for today was, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who are weep. What's that about? Presence. Being there. Like it, it doesn't say, have all the answers for those who weep. Right? It simply says, be there. Be empathetic. This is something all of us can do, right? And I, and I know it'd be easier to stay home on Facebook. I know it'd be easier to stay home and, and watch whatever's been recorded on the TV. But give the gift of your presence. Provide your presence. So I want you to create. I want you to order. I want you to provide. And then last one is, is really my, my favorite one. Uh, what I loved about the crocodile hunter and, and his son, Robert, you see it in him already? Like, he doesn't care if it's a legless lizard. That is the nastiest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm not touching that. <laughs> like, God, your creation's awesome. Uh, <laughs> you know, he had, a, he had a giant scorpion on his hand. But, like, what you saw in him was, man, like, he, he didn't care what the creature was. Like, he took incredible pleasure in it. That's what, that's what I think attracted me to the crocodile hunter. Like, Man, he was always so excited and enthusiastic about it. And I think if one thing kind of stands out, or, or maybe if you look at the story of Genesis, the, the big question is you, you might ask is, um, God, why did you create all this? Why did you create all this? And, and if I had to guess, it, it's in Psalm 104 in verse 31. Look what it says. May the glory of the Lord continue forever. The Lord takes, what's the word? Pleasure. He takes pleasure in all he has made. And so should we. This week, uh, for uh, I know for Williamson County, it's, uh, it's fall break, right? So there's great rejoicing from our teenagers. Yeah, um, 
if God takes pleasure in, in all of this, right? Then maybe the, the homework for this week is to just go for a walk. Take your kids camping. Um, <laughs> no. Um, start baby steps, baby steps. Um, go for a picnic, go to the zoo. Go to the botanical gardens, go to the Smokies, go visit a cave, go sit by a stream. Um, take your camera. Take photos of, of a sunset or a sunrise. Take pictures of the creatures that you encounter. Maybe, uh, maybe do this psalm of, uh, as, as you take pleasure, maybe take Psalm 104 and see if you can take pictures all along the way and do Psalm 104 just, just in straight pictures with your kids. Um, take your kids and, and introduce them to some new art or, or maybe go visit the, the Frist and take a look at what is there, what has been created and enjoy it. Look up Ansel Adams and take a, take a view of someone who took pleasure in the creation of things. Rent a boat and go sit on Percy Priest. Um, see a sunrise this week or find some stars again. If you're going to go look at stars, that's going to take effort. That's going to take intention, right? Like you might see one or two, but if you really want to see the stars, it's going to take some planning. Unplug. Take pleasure again in all that God has made. And then these words are ancient and familiar, but I think encapsulate this idea completely. Once you're there, be still and know. Be still and know that the Lord is God. In just a minute, we're going to enter into a time of communion, and uh, it's part of our tradition. We do it every week to remember the body and blood of Jesus Christ broken and poured out for us. Uh, around the room, we have stations with the elements of communion, and just a moment, I'll say a prayer and dismiss you there. I invite you to take communion together, to share together, uh, to enjoy it as a time of sharing together. Maybe pray for each other, encourage each other, um, however you you see fit. It's also a time for us for of response, so if there's ways we can pray for you as a church or serve you, maybe you have a desire to get baptized, or maybe you just have questions about what all this is. Uh, I know some of you, for some of you, this are first time. Maybe this is new. And so we'd love to serve you in any way we can. And I'll just kind of move to the back and be happy to receive you there and maybe give you to one of the other leaders of our church who are awesome godly men that can pray for you and uh, answer any questions that you have. As we go into that time, I just want to remind you of just a few things. We who have been created celebrate the creator by creating. So your homework this week, straight out of Psalm 104, is to create, is to order, is to provide, and then to pleasure. And in so doing, may you put God on display. How great you are, God. Let all that I am praise you.
Father God, we come before you now and uh, we thank you so much for your creation and all of its creatures. Help us this morning to, to have that kind of aha step back moment where we realize that, man, the things we've struggled with have been so small and, and you are so vast and omnipotent and omnipresent. Father God, you, you, are, you, you haven't just abandoned us. It's not like you just started this thing and then walked away. But Father God, even in your Psalms, you say you're, you're near to the brokenhearted. Here you are, God, creating all creating and and striving for order in the chaos of our lives. And so, Father God, we invite you into the deep spaces of our heart today. May we embody the, the psalm that was sung in praise of you, Psalm 104. Father God, ignite again in us the spark of, of creation and order, the, the desire to provide and care for all that you have made. And Father God, in so doing, may we find unimaginable, unexpressible pleasure. Father God, for those here this morning who may be seeking or searching, those who don't know you, I pray that they would get a glimpse, not because of something I said or, or something we are as a church, but Father God, I just ask for that, that revelation of yourself this morning. Father, we love you. The only reason we're able to, to do what we do and sing these praises is because of your son, Jesus Christ, because of his sacrifice on the cross and the fact that he was raised after three days so that we might experience the kind of life you said was possible. We love you, Father. And in your son, Jesus' name, everybody together says, amen. I invite you to stand and enjoy a time of communion together.